Hello and welcome to another episode of How Are You Holding Up? A mental health podcast by the depressed, for the depressed. I'm Chris. And I'm Lindsay. And I think the first question I'd like to ask is, Lindsay, how are you holding up? I'm doing okay. Yeah? Yeah. I'm okay right now. I feel hopeful for some projects I'm doing. Nice. Have a hike I'm doing tomorrow. Sweet. And my birthday's coming up. Hell yeah. I think next time you guys will hear from me, I will be older. (laughs) One whole year. (laughs) I mean, technically every time they hear from us. No, no, no. Just this one. Oh, okay. Just this one time. We're actually actually immortal vampires. Specifically older. Uh, By numbers. (laughs) Yes. How are you holding up, Chris? I am... Uh, let's go with, let's go with, I've had a tumultuous week of emotional highs and lows. The highs have been particularly high, which has been great. Anything in particular you can share? Um, a project that I've been working on has been particularly, uh, amazing to work on, which I'm very happy about that. I also did two things for myself that I had been putting off for quite some time, namely, Switching phone providers and finally getting myself a decent mattress, which I am excited beyond compare to finally get a mattress that doesn't make me feel like death when I lay in it. So that's, those are two things that I did that were very good for myself. Um, and the last thing that has been kind of uh, chasing me, this, the last however, has been a, um, a need to look into a psychiatrist. Yes. You have informed me something. Of You have informed... Hmm. You informed me of something today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need medication. Yeah. I have hit a point in my depression where therapy is doing nothing. Uh, talk therapy isn't doing anything. Uh, none of the other avenues that I am exploring are uh, helping and my lows are getting to a point now where it actually does feel somewhat dangerous and uh, I don't like that. So taking the steps to finding myself somebody who can do some medication management is something that both my therapist and my medical doctor have recommended at this point that I should look into. So I'm doing that. And it sucks. Yeah, so this episode we're going to be discussing medication, um, deciding when you need to get it, and what it's like when you decide you need to stop. Um, So... Chris, what exactly, at what point, was there anything specific that you were like, okay, I need meds, like right now? Obviously, you mentioned that you have really bad lows, but was there anything specific that happened? Oh, yeah, no, I, um, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine just recently where I, uh, I was discussing a lot of kind of really bad things that had been happening in the world around us. Yes. As we are inundated with a constant stream of really horrific shit that's going on in the world. And uh, I laughed 
I just started laughing. Uh, and my friend was kind of just like, you okay? And I'm like, I have no other feelings right now other than I need to laugh at this. Mm-hmm. That there, there is nothing, I cannot be sad. I cannot be down. I cannot be upset anymore because I have used all of it up. I feel so utterly and in unbelievably, incomprehensibly just fed up with everything going on. And there's no escape from this this world and its and its ever present tragedy. Um Something you said earlier for me mm-hmm. was a good indicator was when you said you were doing all these things that were positive, mm-hmm. uh, especially for you, specifically for you, and like doing things you needed to get done that were going to increase the um, quality of life, and you just didn't feel anything. Yeah, no. Um, I felt some some amounts of, of pride and like switching phone providers and, and making my budget and doing a whole bunch of like financially sound decisions and physically sound decisions for myself that I I have been putting off. Mm -hmm. And then finally, once I did them, I was hoping to feel some form of elation or pride or at the very least relief. Mm -hmm. And I felt nothing. I feel nothing for most things. And this is something that, in the past, uh, I'd never experienced before. So if you're new to our podcast, um, for us, what we've discussed this before is depression is not necessarily being extremely, extremely, extremely sad. Mm -hmm. It is having a lack of really feeling anything. You don't get to feel really high about anything and if you are proud of yourself it's just for like a brief moment you feel kind of good and then it's gone Mm -hmm. um and because you don't have enough of those positive chemicals in your body um even thinking of memories that were happy for you at the time do not create any happy feelings in you so you feel as though you've never experienced happiness uh there's a total hopelessness a total lack of giving a shit and um, it's a really scary place to be, a very frustrating place to be, and some often fraught with guilt because these big, lovely moments of your life, you just can't experience to the full emotional place that you should be. Yeah. And then the lows are real low. Yeah. And, and I mean, for my part, at least, when I experience my highs, it, it's usually... Um, at least in my experience, uh, part of the mask that I put on when I'm around people. So when you say that you're um, in front of people, you look like you're experiencing a high, but that's not your actual high. No. You're not feeling it. Right. Well, not necessarily, though. Sometimes sometimes I am experiencing the high, and I'm actually feeling good, and I feel great, and I feel, you know, I feel like myself again, and then reality sinks in immediately as soon as it's done. Mm. Like, I could be having the best conversation. I could be having lunch with friends, and then as soon as it's over, it is immediate. The with the, the, the withdrawal into self and the, <laughs> the completeness of oblivion. I think that's why it's so frustrating and so confusing when you see somebody who seems to be super, super happy, 
and fun and seem to be enjoying life and maybe you had a great lunch with them or you went out and did something fun and then something awful happens where they decide to end their life and you're like why would this person do that they seemed to be doing okay they had things going for them there was hope in their life and it's Mm -hmm. just it just goes but there's just nothing there when you're depressed it's just there's nothing it's one of the things also that um i don't know i i I honestly feel a lot of the times, and this is one of the things that really kind of pushed me towards um, seeking medication, possibly, uh, is that everything that I do feels purposeless, pointless. There's there's no reason for me to do anything. There's no there's no greater calling, or there's nothing in particular that I'm sitting there going, yeah, no, I want to be around for that. I don't. I don't want to be around for anything. I don't want to be around for eating food. I don't want to be around for going to work. I don't want to be around for waking up in the morning sometimes. I just don't want to exist. And that's really the the hardest part to explain to people is it's I don't want to die. I just want to not exist. And that and that kind of that kind of sensation um, goes beyond explanation sometimes because people don't really think about non-existence. They think of you know living or dead. Those are the extremes of thought. Non-existence to me is something further than that. Like with death, there's a potential for a transfer of consciousness or a transfer of energy, or perhaps nothing at all. But the true seeking of oblivion is so... It, it's it's almost unable to be conceived in the human mind. So I think, and we're, again, we're not professionals, we're not therapists, mm-hmm. but I think there's a certain point in your life when you have to make the decision... Regardless of how stubborn you are, regardless of how much you don't want to, when you need to get on medication. Yes. Uh, I think a few things are pretty obvious. It's when you really are not enjoying anything in your life and it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Um, when you become a danger to yourself and others. Mm-hmm. And that looks like kind of like what Chris is describing. It doesn't, It doesn't. It's not a dramatic thing and it can happen over time. Yeah. It is not. So if you are right now in someone's life and you're expecting to be like, well, should this person be on medication? And you're looking for some giant sign, neon sign (laughs) saying, absolutely, yes. Um, It usually doesn't happen. No. It's usually very private. And it's been, and it might have even been years of this person going in a downward spiral. And so that's, that's hard to like really notice. So. Um, fortunately we have this podcast where we can see both Chris and my emotional status and see when we're up and when we're low. And I think more than not this last year, you've been down. Oh yeah. No, this year has been particularly difficult for a number of reasons and none of which I'm able to really truly find cause for. Uh, but that said, the thing that's particularly worrying for me as well, as somebody who is seeking to, I should point out, return to medication. Mm-hmm. I had been on medication once before. Uh, I had been specifically on Lexapro. And Lexapro, for me, it did 
elevate my mood, at least I thought it did, for a few months. After which I completely flatlined emotionally. That was something that I hadn't expected. Um, and so I proceeded to, against doctor's orders, go cold turkey and just stop taking it. Now, this time is going to be... That time, well, I sh let me go back. That time was under the care of a medical doctor. This time I am looking specifically for a medical doctor with an expertise in psychiatry. There are medical doctors who can prescribe anti, you know, antidepressants and whatnot, but they may not have the specialty that you're looking for. Right. And the training and the knowledge of what the steps are to take or how to manage the dosage and whatnot. So it does honestly behoove you to find somebody who is a specialist. I think the fear, I, I've also been on medication. I sought out to be medicated when I was getting to a point where I was kind of contemplating suicide pretty regularly and I was no longer enjoying life and it had been a long time that way. Mm -hmm. um, so, and I just felt like I wasn't able to do much of anything. If you guys have been a listener for a while now, you know that I, I struggled with leaving the house. I struggled with doing normal things that, you know, quote unquote normal, like showering every day, going to the gas station, doing adult things. I just, I just really struggled with it. So I decided medication was the way to go. And did you see a psychiatrist? Or? I did. Mm -hmm. I saw a psychiatrist. Um, I was young and I didn't know what that should look like. The psychiatrist I went to, I walked in. Um, well, I've had, <laughs> I've had multiple psychiatrists. This one in particular did sit and talk with me and did get to kind of know me and, um, medicated me. He was not great. Um, Looking back on it now, the questions were kind of off. Um, and the second time I had a psychiatrist, I walked in, said, hey, I'm depressed. These are my symptoms. He said, hey, okay, here's your medication. Go. Yeah. So a lot of the time, um, and I'm, I was too young to know that's just not the way it's supposed to go. And I didn't know how to push for like more communicate. I don't know how to describe it. But when you're young, you just expect that, well, that adult who has this degree knows what they're doing. Um, both times... I want to say about, I've been on medication two or three times, um, and they always end up flatlining me mm -hmm. as well. Um, and it's, for me, it's very hard to become a guinea pig because basically nobody can be like, okay, this is going to be your fix all. Yeah. Um, there's the dosage. You don't know how high or low your dose should be and what medication to be on. And if there should be something that goes in tandem with it. Mm -hmm. So there's a time where you are kind of a guinea pig. Yes, and for that time that you were a guinea pig, you also don't know... It It, it takes time. They're not going to affect you overnight. They're not no. going to affect you in a week. They're going to affect you a month later after you've already been taking it for so long. You've also got about a year you need to be on it. Yeah. Because um, the first couple of years you do get a high. And then, um, then you get about... I think it's about... You hit six-month mark is when supposedly you should be leveling out. Um, and kind of knowing what you're going through. There's like a, there's all kinds of charts and stuff online to be able to, to show how long you have to try it. So this is really an undertaking and it'll be great that we can possibly do this on the podcast while yeah. you're going through it. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's very intimidating, but it is worth it. Yes. I would say that ultimately there is a benefit to taking something that even, even if, the action of 
doing something like that because that is part of it is there is a a reward kind of feeling when you take this medication and once you've taken it you're you're sitting there and you're able to tell yourself there I've done something that's good for me that's mm-hmm. going to help me manage these dark thoughts that are in my head or they're going to help elevate my mood or they're going to do something else they're going to wane my anxiety whatever the case may be you are going to have a little bit of a trigger of a reward which is phenomenal in and of itself I pulled up a thing from Google. Yes. So the acute phase, which is when a person first begins antidepressants, um, is about 4 to 12 weeks after. Then you go into a continuation phase, uh, which is preventing a relapse or return to the depressive episode. And that can last anywhere from four months to a year. Um, However, for people who meet the following criteria, maintenance phase lasting a year longer uh, is needed either at a regular dose or a smaller dose. So basically, it, it's talking about like how to monitor yourself and how much you're going to need the medication mm-hmm. or not, and to really know that the first few weeks are not going to be like the following months. No, the very couple first couple of weeks you won't notice too much of a difference. Mm-hmm. For me, I noticed about four weeks in, and I've never been happier. Yeah, I, I think felt amazing that first few months like I felt really good and it was incredible because for me it was like I've never I didn't know you could be this happy for this long <laughs> um because for me just not being on antidepressants I, I have a hard time being happy for mm-hmm. a, a long period of time and it was amazing it was so lovely and I I had no anxiety I actually would walk to places which I, I still can't really do now mm-hmm. uh, I would like I'd go out and I'd be smiling and I was probably pretty high, I think, on these <laughs> fabulous antidepressants, which honestly, looking back on was, I'm glad that I did it. Sure. Even though it wasn't something I decided to stick with. Even if, even if it was just a momentary, like, lapse in the darkness, yeah. there's still something to be said about that. Uh, and then I decided once I, um, for me, what the big, the big reason to stop being on antidepressants was because... I had, first of all, shuffled around to different meds, and then I came to a place where I was in a very abusive situation, Mm -hmm. uh, very dangerous, and um, I was so medicated that I didn't notice or care or really feel the the adequate feelings that I should be. I didn't feel fear. I didn't feel depressed or sad or all those things that are indicating there's something wrong, there's something off, you need to get out of the situation. Um, And I just kind of would let things go until I was like literally living in a garage um so you get to you you have to be careful because it can take away the dips that you have to have that are necessary I also wasn't able to be creative I was trying to go to college and I couldn't come up with anything creative and I'm one of the most that's really one of the only gifts I have is being able to come up with stories on the fly and music and improv and I couldn't do any of that it was like I'd become all logical like this completely different person had taken over me and that in and of itself is also something that is you just need to be aware of Mm -hmm. you need to it, it it one of the most important things that you can do if you go on medication is being able to keep track of how you're doing on a day-to-day basis and when you start to notice that shift that shift of oh i don't want to be this person it's it's the same as the shift when you are without medication and you look to get into it is i don't want to be this person yes 
So ultimately it does come down to a self-awareness. Yeah. So two things to, to remember here is getting on medication, you are going to have some brain changes and mm-hmm. chemistry changes and um, thought pattern changes. Coming off, um, stopping medication comes with its own huge slew of problems. There's cold turkey, which is extremely dangerous. Mm-hmm. And there's um, weaning off, which you usually do with a... Um, with help of a doctor or therapist. Yes, the doctor, ideally a doctor and therapist, because you would be going to the therapist for talk sessions who Mm -hmm. would be able to see how you are responding to the medication. You are able to do evaluations with them, and they are able to see, okay, here's how you answered six months ago, here's how you answered now. How you, we're getting off I'm seeing, the I'm seeing, I'm seeing either an improvement or I'm seeing a, de- a degradation. Right. Uh, it's, it's really, you sometimes need that outside perspective at the very least. While you're weaning off. While you're weaning off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was an idiot and I decided I can wean myself off without anybody's help. Mm-hmm. And it was extremely dangerous and I did not do it properly or in proper doses. And, um... I got what you what is commonly referred to as brain zaps. Mm-hmm. Those are weird. <laughs> <laughs> I got rage bouts. I became like another person. I extremely nauseous, extreme anxiety. Um, basically, it was in hell for I don't know, however week, long, two weeks. Yeah, however long it took you to, to have the withdrawal. Yeah. And the, um, so yeah, it's a, it's a so brain zaps are they refer to a withdrawal symptom that's common for individuals who cease taking medication and um, for depression and anxiety, and it's a literal physical feeling. It feels like there's a lightning bolt that goes through your brain, almost like you were having a stroke or something. I don't know how to describe it. It's bizarre. It, it completely would just take me out of what was it, happening. It probably moment. is your brain just misfiring electrons and just like going crazy on. Hey, where's my where's my dopamine? Yes, <laughs> and all that. So it's it's terrifying. So do it with a professional if you are deciding at this point to come off of your medication, or if you're trying a new medication. Yes, obviously. Um, and I I think it has to whether you decide to go on medication or come off medication, make sure that you have a support system in place already not just a doctor and a therapist. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're not like totally alone going through all of this because yeah. you're going to need help and support and people to kind of be like, hey, man, how you doing? You're acting kind of weird. <laughs> You've been acting kind of weird for a while. I've been noticing lately, and this has been kind of heartwarming at the very least, is a more ready openness in people to discuss their medications that they're on. Yes. How they're affected by them. All of that. I'm noticing it and I'm seeing it and it's absolutely it, it for somebody who can't really feel a whole bunch it actually fills my heart Aww. to to see that hey there's people who are actively able to communicate what they're going through how it's affecting them yeah. it's it's everything that we strive for I do feel like the stigma in yeah. general with depression anxiety and meds is really low we're just seeing our generation it's we're seeing <laughs> Miserable. <laughs> yeah, we're seeing a generation that is going through so much misery, so much hardship, and we're and we're and we have to sit there and just go, yeah, man, me too. Yeah, thank goodness. <laughs> oh God, it's horrible. But 
we're, we aren't going to talk about like specific medications too much because I think we have limited real availability between like SSRIs and you know yeah, blah blah blah. I, if we're going to ever do that, I think we should have a we'll have a professional, medical professional. We, on. Yeah, it's, and honestly, it's just it's different per person. Yeah, it's really not something that I can I can you know recommend or not recommend to somebody. But there is another alternative that I feel is kind of a. I don't know, a green elephant in the room at this point. Uh, the legalization of marijuana. Now, obviously not everywhere is it as no. acceptable as California. No, we are one of the one of the few states at this point, uh, and also not to mention countries in the world yeah. that uh, has started legalizing marijuana, not only for recreational use, but also for medicinal use. So before we get too far into this, um, we want to say that this is just based off of our own mm-hmm. uh, personal experiences. It's going to be different for everyone and wherever you stand politically or, you know, it's, yeah. hey man, live and let live. Yeah. I personally um, have smoked marijuana. I believe you have as well. Yeah. Chris? I have smoked. I have done edibles. Yeah. Vaped. It, it, the matter of ingestion isn't so much important at this point. Yeah. But what I can say from my experiences have been they have, depending on circumstances, Mm -hmm. been good and bad experiences. Yes. In terms of dealing with my depression and the moments that I have anxiety and things like that. There's there's been both good and bad. So it's it's but at that same token, there are many people I know and from their experiences, they wouldn't, they'd hardly be able to function without it. They, they, it's not like, it's not, I'm saying, I'm not saying it's like a bad thing. I'm saying that it has helped them so much that it, it, it should be more readily available at that point. I do think that the, as we all have seen, the world of marijuana has changed immensely. Yes. The medication purpose, medicinal purposes, um, the the studies and um, not the, even just talking THC versus CBD. No, I mean there's just so much, and so really depending on what you are dealing with, how you are as a person, you can go in talk to a professional mm-hmm. about what you usually experience and what you need, and they can give you a specific strain mm-hmm. or give you some options but well maybe you just want to do something that's topical like a cream or whatever it just depends on where you're coming from um i also want to say in the vein of a lot of people that i've spoken to personally i do think that marijuana can be addictive Mm -hmm. and i do think that it can um a lot of people who have uh, depression anxiety experience more anxiety and more depression with prolonged use it depends on your i think just like your chemistry your physiology. Your physiology. I really don't know if uh, it's a way to be able to tell how it's going to, you know. And then in different parts of your life, too. When I was younger, I could smoke a little bit, you know, not have as much anxiety. Now, I don't smoke. I don't partake. Mm-hmm. Way too much anxiety. Uh, it takes away all my motivation, what little I have of it. Uh, time will just fly by and I don't even notice. Sure. And so for me, it's not a very good option. And I know that about myself. I would never tell somebody else not to. No, absolutely. You know. So, but that is that is one thing that as an alternative to an antidepressant medication, yeah. that is an option for some people. As well as, you know, 
meditation yes. or exercise yes. or any of the other alternatives. Look, you can Google it, and they, there's all kinds of stuff. For all at one point, at, at one point, one of the articles <laughs> we had read on this subject just simply said, "Wait it out." <laughs> yeah, wait out your depression. And you know, sometimes maybe that will help with some it's seasonal. Oh, that was something I wanted to mention earlier. Sorry, uh, is if you are coming off medication. Um, Besides doing it with a professional, do it in a happy season. Spring is great. If you live in a place mm. where it's dark all the time, try to think about all of your different factors. Um, and back with the marijuana thing, um, mm-hmm. I think I wanted to mention that I, I used it a lot when I was coming off of antidepressants, and that did help me. Yes. It helped me enormously. So there is definitely a time, a place, yeah, a sensation. Yeah. <laughs> But always use in safe places with people that you trust. Yes. Or alone in a comfy bed. Yes. <laughs> Going back to marijuana for a moment, um, I will say from uh, one of our guests that we had had on, New, mm-hmm. uh, she is a major proponent uh, for it. it. It has helped her with her chronic pain, with her own anxiety and depression and whatnot. In my experiences, uh, I would say it hasn't made me anxious, thankfully. Um, It has, if anything, allowed me to be capable of (laughs) having that kind of social lubricant that I used to be in excess of. It was able to just kind of relax me and give me the strength of mind to more or less hit the fuck it button Mm -hmm. and just go, yeah, no, I'm here to have a good time. I'm not here to like dredge up negative shit and really suffer my own thoughts and feelings. I'm here to enjoy. Mm -hmm. It it is one of the, the benefits of it that I feel if anything, we can, we can absolutely vouch for to a degree. Yeah, so we just want to talk about the other possibilities if you're thinking about medication. Yes. Um, but on that note, we will see how my hunt for a psychiatrist goes over the coming weeks. Hopefully things end up well. Um, I have some... I have some doubts, I have some fears, and I have some concerns. Which we will be addressing as time goes on. Hopefully, sooner than later. Uh, For me, I'm going to try and continue taking the B12 shots. Um, We did that one experiment where we did the B12, and Mm -hmm. I noticed a huge improvement in my mood and uh, energy levels. So I'm going to try that, and I'm going to try and do some exercise regularly. Mm -hmm. And that way we can kind of both see how we're doing. I'm some. I'm a little bit stubborn with meds, and I'm scared of doing them again. So I applaud you for coming to a place where you are trying to do the best for yourself, regardless of how you necessarily feel about them. One way or the other, <laughs> I will at least attempt and then see if it helps or if it hurts. Yeah. Either way, I don't feel like I could get much worse than I feel right now. Yeah. So, hooray! So, you guys, I hope that this was helpful. And thank you so much for joining. We really appreciate all of you. It's been such a wonderful journey, and we love this community. Yes, you guys have been nothing but supportive and amazing, and we thank you all from the bottom of our hearts. Um, as for us, follow us on Instagram at Hey Who Podcast. 
like the Facebook page, subscribe to the subreddit. Uh, if you'd like to support us, uh, we have a Patreon, which we're going to be posting uh, bonus episodes and various other bits and pieces uh, onto as soon as we can really get that going. Uh, or you can also send us an email at mailbag at howareyouholdingup.com. We love hearing from you guys all the time. It just blows our mind. Yes. And any kind of input is always helpful if you want to hear a specific episode. If you have thoughts on something we've already done, we love it. So thank you for reaching out. And as always, don't, don't tell, tell us, us to just, just get over it. it.